and welcome back to The Abnormal Christian. I am Brad Mason. I am here again with my wonderful wife, Natasha Mason. Hello, hello. And there she is. I'm back with this scratchy intro. Still got a little bit of a uh, broken voice box. I don't really know if that's what it is. Is that the uh, medical term, broken? Yeah, good my, enough. My vibration strings are broken. So anyway, um, coming back to you again with another episode. Uh, this is our first episode of the new year. Um, so... Merry, 2020. Yeah, Merry Happy 2020 or whatever it is. Um, so we're glad to uh, still be going on into 2020 doing the podcast. We thank the Lord tremendously for the um, the listenership, people who uh, continue to come back and listen. We thank you again. Um, the podcast is continuing to grow. Uh, last month, we exceeded our goal. We were looking for somewhere around uh, 2,800 listens for the month, and uh, it was about 33. It was 3,300. So uh, the Lord really is uh, doing some work with this uh, ministry, I guess you would call it, that we're, we're trying to have. Um, and, and really, we give him all the glory and honor for that because uh, to us, we're just uh, getting together. We're talking subject matter. We're studying scriptures. And uh, if it wasn't for you to listen to this, we would just be doing it for nothing. So uh, thank you again to everyone who uh, listened in 2019 and uh, continues to listen. We want to thank you. And uh, we pray, you know, consistently we pray for the podcast, that God would bless you, the listener, and bless the podcast, and give us the words of boldness and wisdom of things we need to say. Um, sometimes those things are not easy, and uh, sometimes they're very dis- difficult subjects. In the current culture that we live in, there's a lot of things people don't want to talk about, a lot of things people don't want to hear, a lot of things, a lot of beliefs that people have um, that they're fra- afraid to express um, because it could jeopardize their um, their jobs or perhaps their family or uh, even their reputation. Um, one of the things you're going to learn as being a Christian is if you stand for the Lord, uh, your reputation among the world and the lost is going to be damaged because they're going to say, there goes another religious nut, there goes another religious freak, there goes another person who is, all they want is this Jesus in their life, and I don't understand, this is, you know. So <clears throat> your uh, your reputation winds up getting beat up um, in the eyes of the world, but in the eyes of the Lord, it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't make much of a difference. No, I don't really care much uh, what people think. I know I, I'm very well. She doesn't. She really doesn't care what people think, which is fantastic. Um, so she'll have conversations sometimes that, uh, you know, she just lets it go and doesn't even worry about it. So it's wonderful. A um, couple things we're going to talk about in this episode. We're going to really talk about a little more uh, current affairs um, and not so much, I guess, getting into uh, a biblical passage looking at scripture, but we're going to look at a couple different affairs. It's the third day of 2020 and a couple big things have already happened, um, and, or are happening. And I want to really kind of address them up front. Uh, the first is, uh, I think when I woke up this morning, I saw on Facebook and I saw on, uh, the internet, um, world war three is going to start world war three. Um, right. We don't have a cable, so no, <clears throat> we kind of just have to look around. Right. We can't really turn on like CNN or whatever you're watching. So if you're if you're keeping up with the news, one of the um, generals from Iran who was in Iraq, don't know why, why he was even there, they shouldn't be there. He was in Iraq and he was killed in a um, missile strike 
a drone strike. And uh, they're attributing it to the president saying that he uh, he ordered this strike and went around Congress, didn't even alert Congress that he was going to do it, and he took this man out. Um, there's some people who are in Iraq who are saying that, uh, you know, this guy was really bad and he um, he really oppressed the people and he, he tortured people and he was just a really bad guy. And so uh, our government is saying we had to do this as an opportunity to get this really bad man, um, really shouldn't even been in Iraq to begin with. Um, there was earlier attacks this past week um, at the U.S. Embassy in uh, Baghdad. Um, where the people were really upset with some other drone strikes that had occurred um, that took out some Hezbollah fighters, some Hezbollah, those are terrorists. Um, so people, uh, you know, you've really got a split faction. You have to understand the Middle East, you've got this real split faction between people who want freedom um, and they don't support terrorism, but they want freedom on their own terms. They want freedom according to their religion. They don't want freedom as we have in America where we're a republic and um you know, we're all allowed to worship freely how we see fit. And, um, you know, I, I, so I might sit beside someone who's a Scientologist and I'm a, a Messianic believer and I, I have a completely different set of beliefs from this person, but um, my desire is to win them over with the gospel. It's not to kill them. And so in the Middle East, you have these people who want freedom, but they want it on their own terms. They want it according to their version of uh, whatever they believe in. And so uh, it makes for a really big mess, right? So I just want to alleviate everybody really quick. Um, World, World War Three is not going to happen. I mean, uh, how do you know? I couldn't. It's uh, anyway. Um, well, number one, Iran is not trying to conquer the uh, whole continent of Europe. They're not trying to take over Europe. They're not trying to take over the world. Um, so that was what Hitler was doing. That's why World War Three was called World War Three because the whole world was involved in uh, fighting against him. So uh, if anything, we're going to have some uh, political disagreements between us. Us in Iran. Um, there may be some squabbles. We might even, I, I know Trump is sending some soldiers there um, and we pray that they're safe and they're out of harm's way and that no one loses their life. Um, but it's definitely not World War III. I don't, I don't really think we're headed down that path. I think it's the fear mongering of you've got the worst president in the whole planet on the whole planet and and people are they've been afraid that we're going to go to world war three when he started talking to north korea um he was talking to kim jong-un and they were oh you know i mean i had friends who were saying he's getting ready to lead us into war and this was two years ago well i don't know if when the people say world war three if they are thinking like world war two where like almost every nation was involved but more nuclear well again component. iran iran has not um they are capable, but they've not been known to have nuclear weapons. So their, I mean, their ability to strike the United States from Iran is really. I mean, you got to really think logically about this. Everyone has to think logically, right? The people in Iran don't want to die any more than the people in the United States do. If someone were to launch a nuclear missile at us, guess what happens? We launch one back at them. Well, nobody wins. Everybody dies. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so it's not this desire. I don't think there's this desire to start a nuclear war. I think they're wanting to fight over the desert. They're wanting to fight over the territory that's there. There might be some, uh, there might be some fighting there, but I don't think we're, you know, I, they don't have the airplanes. They don't have the, the Navy. They don't have the, the resources, um, to really fight a war with the United States. Now, if all the Arab nations join in with them, that might be different. But, um, but as it stands, they just don't have the capabilities, in my opinion. I'm not a professional here. Um, but I don't think they have the capabilities to really start a World War III. So I think that's it's, a bit, it's ridiculous. It's, uh, it's the media hype. It's people wanting to um, uh, slander the Republican Party, whatever it is. Well, I think some people would <clears throat> say that maybe 
this was done to distract from what was in the headlines. Hey, it could be. It could have been done to distract from uh, all the impeachment hearings and all those things. Now, what does this mean for us as believers? Absolutely nothing. That means really nothing to us because uh, we are um, under the protection of our Father and we are in His hands. And whether I live today and die tomorrow is up to the Lord. It's not up to me. Um, and so, you know, I think when we put our faith and our trust and our hope in Him, as I always talk about, it has to be even down to the very level that He is guiding the governments that we live in. He's guiding the world around us. Yes, there are people who are being persecuted for the cause of Christ. And as ugly as you might not like to think, maybe not you directly, but the listener, you might not like to think that that is God's plan. But uh, sadly, in some cases it is. It is God's plan for some people to suffer so that his son could be glorified so that others can believe. And we don't like to think that. We like to think that that's just persecution from the enemy um, and that the, you know, the Lord won't let us go through that. You know, the, the old adage that people used to say all the time is the Lord won't put on you any more than you can bear. And, uh, but there are people who are dying today. There are people who are being beheaded. They're being shot. They're being tortured all because of Jesus. And, uh, and God is letting it happen. But that's because it's part of his plan. And we have to get to the point to where we're okay with that. We understand that. It's not something we ever want to see happen or occur. But as long as God is getting the glory out of it, this is where I understand the pain in my own life, right? Um, the things that we go through, they're horrible sometimes and they're really bad. Um, but if God can get glory out of that, then it's worth the trouble that I, and the trials that I have to walk through. So I want to look at that. That was just kind of number one thing that was going on. Um, Second thing I would talk about real quick, and we'll hit on this. We'll have another episode dedicated to this directly, um, but it does affect us because of where we live. Excuse me. Uh, Is uh, gun ownership in the United States of America. So gun ownership in the United States of America is a pretty serious thing. If you're not from here, uh, we do have the rights, according to the Constitution, our Second Amendment, uh, gives us the right to bear arms um, and really to protect ourselves. And it's the right of ownership. It's the right um, to protect your family and all these wonderful things um, that you want to give people the ability to take care of themselves. And so we live in a country that has that. There are a couple... um, I'm going to make a couple predictions on this podcast that I don't normally do. Um, But I will say in the next 20 to 30 years, gun ownership in the United States is going to be tenfold more difficult than it ever was. Um, I think the government and I think specific parts of our government are dead set on um, removing weapons or moving um, uh, guns from people. They don't want people to have, they want the government to take care of everyone. And that is a horrible way to live. I don't want the government taking care of me. Um, there was the uh, church shooting we talked about on the last podcast that happened in Texas. And those people were able to defend themselves. And there were, I believe six men there who had guns. And one, the one who defended the church was a, um, was a, an instructor and had instructed people on how to use firearms. Um, The New York Post said, you know, yeah, okay, there's one guy who's an instructor, but we still don't know who the other five are. You know, like the other five were a threat because they had a gun. Well, I think there were numerous people that came out and was going on and on about how disturbed they were that people actually had a gun on them in church. Well, there's been some debate about this. There was a uh, there was a minister who came out today, not really what's your denomination, but he said that no one should have had a gun and they should have uh, they should have suffered for the cause of Christ. Um, one thing you have to understand, remember when the, um, the centurions come to arrest uh, Jesus in the garden, um, Pete, the Bible says that Peter draws his sword and cuts the guy's ear off, right? Um, and there, there's scripture that says, 
uh, if you go to the mission field to carry a sword with you, um, there's Old Testament verse that says if someone breaks into your home and you hit them in the head with a rock and you kill them, that uh, you haven't violated the law, you haven't committed murder because they have done the, the crime, right? They're, they're the ones violating. So there's uh, David fighting Goliath to protect the, the name of God and his people. Um, there's countless uh Versions, uh, I'm sorry, there's countless scriptures and examples of self-defense in the Bible where people took drastic measures and serious forces to protect themselves or others. And that's in the scripture, and it's okay according to the scripture. But I think some people sometimes equate being a Christian to being weak overall. Well, yes, I would agree with that. They, they take your humility and your weakness. Turn the other right. cheek. Oh, they're just a bunch of doormats and they're, they're, you're right. Um, so I will say this, there's a marked difference between someone who is walking into a church to kill people. And there's some, there's a difference between someone who walks into a church to kill Christians specifically. So if someone is just going to end your life and kill you, then that, don't let that happen. That should not happen. Um, even if you get to the point, you know, they're, they're wanting to, uh, kill you in the name of Jesus. You know, do you let that happen? Uh, it happened in the scripture so many times. There's been martyrs through the ages who, um, you know, <clears throat> I think back to Daniel who, who he knew he was going to be in trouble if he prayed, but he prayed anyway. It's not like he fought back against them, but he still obeyed the Lord. And I think that's where we're supposed to be at. So the guy who was in the church shooting up the church, you know why he shot up the church? Do you know? I haven't heard. All right, so the pastor of that church said that the man would come there. He had a wig on and a, a hat, and he was hiding his, disguising himself. And uh, he would come there. He was, I think he was a homeless man, but he would come there, and he would get food from them, and he would always ask for money. And he was angry because the church wouldn't give him money. And the preacher said, we gave him food, we gave him clothes, we gave him what he needed, but we wouldn't give him money. So he was not interested in killing them because they were Christians. He was interested in killing them because they wouldn't give him what he wanted. So there's a big difference there. Um, so in that scenario, this man, they had a right to defend themselves against the guy who's just going to arbitrarily kill people. Um, and as Christians, that's what we have the right to do. But there's a difference between that and somebody who's coming in to kill a Christian because you, uh, you know, uh, Columbine, the, the girl who was asked if she believed in Jesus and she stood up and the kids shot her because she said, yes, she believed in Jesus. So perhaps I'm, I hope I'm misunderstanding you. You're saying that if he, if his intention was, I'm just mad at Christians and I'm going to go in here and kill some Christians that they should have just sat there and no, 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 shot? no, 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 well, no, that's, that's not what I'm saying. Sounded. Well, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that. I all. don't agree with that. Well, that's fantastic. I know you don't agree with that and that's fine. That's, I, I get that. But the question I, I, we have to ask ourselves is, why did all the martyrs die? Why did all the disciples die? Why did the apostles die? If they could have just ran away or if they could have fought back? What was the point of dying for the cause of Christ if you could have just got out of town? Well, I guess I see what they went through as a kind of like they were put on trial, sort of. Sure, sure. And some of them were. And so that I understand. Like they're wanting them to say, they're wanting them to renounce what they believe. Right. And that's I would, different. Absolutely. I agree with that. I think that's that's d way different than somebody just coming in and killing in Christians indiscriminately um, because they're Christians. I think there is a definite um, idea, though, that in the mm, in the eventual future, according to the word of God, in the eventual future, you will probably be put to death just because you're a Christian. Um, and and, and they, they will probably give people the option to renounce and all these other things. Um, but um, in the last days, that's going to be a, a big thing. So I think, you know, even on, a, even as where we're at now, would I, if I'm in a church and I see somebody come in with a gun, I don't care why they're coming in. 
honestly. Um, I'm not even asking that question. You know, if they're coming in to kill people, then you do what you got to do to stop them. You don't give people the time to hurt anyone. Um, that's just who we are. That's how we operate. Um, and I agree with you. I think if you're taken prisoner, if you're held captive by a government or uh, an organization and they want to terrorize you and, and torture you and um, try and get you to confess that you don't believe or to convert from that, um, I definitely could see the, the, you know, a lot of that going on. But I think we all have to answer that question for ourselves is what does that, what does that look like? What does that mean if somebody wants me to, um, if somebody wants to harm me for the cause of Christ, do I, do I let that happen or do I fight against it? You know, I mean, I don't, that's tough. That's a tough question, but I don't definitely don't. I'm not, I wasn't saying that they should sit there and let the guy just kill everybody. Cause that's honestly, that's what mayor de Blasio from New York said today. He said, uh, he still believed that only the cops should have had the guns and only cops should have stopped the shooter. And the problem was the cops didn't show up till nine minutes after it happened. So for nine minutes, if there would have been nobody there defending these people, there would have been a church full of dead people. Well, I mean, and even if there were a cop driving by the out front, and he heard some shots and come in there. I think how many people he would have killed before he had even got yeah, in the door. It's, it's, and and I'm, I posted on Facebook myself that if you have a congregation or a, uh, a church that you go to, I would really ask, do you have somebody watching the door? Do you have somebody doing that? Um, I would encourage every congregation to have that because we're living in a different world than we were living in 50 years ago. Then, you know, it's not the so same place. I know they made a big deal about the Texas governor signed into law this bill where you could have your gun in church. Is it against the law to have no, a gun in church? There, it's So what it is, is uh, the government is trying to create all these, um, uh, gun safe zones, these, you know, these zones where you right, can, right. and so the, the governor says, you know, if they're willing, he said, as long as the business or the church is allowing you to have them there, you can have them there. You can take them there. Most, uh, we live in North Carolina and you can't do that. If, uh, you know, you're not taking the gun into church, you're just not, you're not taking it into public buildings. You're not taking it into places that have the, uh, the little sticker on the window. The bad guy doesn't care about the sticker. Well, if you have a concealed carry permit, there are still places you can't carry. Yeah. If you're caught well, like a, I know like government building says no right. weapons allowed. If you go or, into a grocery store with a concealed carry weapon <laughs> and it has a sticker on the door that says no guns and you're caught with that that's a felony. So unless there's a sticker it's okay. Uh, right. Or or a statement that there should be no weapons on premises, yes. Okay. Um so we still I mean we're dealing with that, but it's it's tough Virginia's getting ready to go through a whole fight with the governor um about weapons bans and and when it comes down to it as a as a Christian and I've talked about this before, I, I don't want to have to hurt anyone to that extreme because there is a permanence to death that you can't undo. And for me that is a problem because um it, you can't when somebody's dead you can't take that back. You know, and so it's it's a real scary situation. Um, so that was in the news. Um, today, one of the last things we'll talk about was the uh, United Methodist Church. We're going to hit that real quick. So really kind of, uh, I'm not a Methodist. I've never been a Methodist. Uh, I will say I have uh, admired the Methodist Church for a long time. One of my greatest... Uh, I read uh, was George Whitfield. John Wesley is one of the the founders of the Methodist Church in England and Bristol. Um, and George Whitfield had brought him to Bristol to preach there. And I'd read a book a long time ago about John Wesley. It was a autobiography of John Wesley and George Whitfield. And uh, when Whitfield came to America, it was just incredible the revival that went on. He would go to towns and people would stop what they're doing to come hear George Whitfield preach. And he would preach the gospel and he would preach the Holy Spirit and he would preach the need of repentance. Um, and all these men of the, the, the Methodist church, when it founded were very, um, 
They were very set on living simplistic lives. They wanted to be separated from the world. They didn't want to have a lot of goods and things. And they really looked at the scripture from that perspective that we should be lowly, humble servants, you know. Um, and they took the, the word of God, which is the most important thing, the whole word of God at face value. If the Bible said it, it was true. If Romans chapter 1 makes a statement there, um, then it was true. So uh, over the last, man, what, 200 years um, since the Methodists have come to America, the church has changed a lot. The church has, uh, in 1970s, the church had their first uh, woman pastor. They wanted to be more inclusive. They wanted to show that women could lead. So um, there was some division there among that idea. Um, and, and so there was this there kind of a fracturing of the Methodist church back in the 60s and 70s. Um, I've had friends who were Methodist, and I would always ask them, are you old school Methodist or are you new school? Because they knew what that meant. And most of them were like, no, we're not old. Because old school Methodists were really hard. I mean, that... <coughs> That John Wesley George Whitfield Methodist, that was some rough living. I mean, they, they wanted to obey the word of God and be as right as possible. The current era, uh, Methodist Church, right? So the United Methodist Church, UMC, has decided today they're going to part ways with what they consider to be the conservative base of the United Methodist Church. And, and uh, one of the articles I think you posted said, that, uh, no, one of my friends posted too, was that the, uh, the the body of Christ, the church is splitting in half. And that's not happening at all. The body of Christ is not dividing itself. It's not splitting up. Jesus doesn't have two brides. He's got one. Um, and you're either in the body of Christ, you're either in the bride of Christ, or you're not. It's that simple. You're either the children of God or you're not the children of God. It's not complex. It's pretty simple. So uh, basically the whole thing has been the uh, LGBTQ movement has really uh, divided this uh, denomination in half, not in half, but divided it because there are the conservatives who want to stick to the word of God, what the Bible has to say. Um, I think a lot of times people want to know what our opinions are on these things. How do you, where do you stand? What do you believe? Um, go read Romans chapter one. You'll know exactly what I believe. Go read uh, Leviticus. You'll know exactly what I believe. I want to say, it's not my opinion. I want to stand on the word of God and say, this is what the Bible says. So in these kind of instances where people say, well, what do you, you know, shouldn't you, don't you believe it? Uh, people are born this way and that way and inclusive. And listen, everyone's born in sin. This is the whole purpose of we need Jesus. You know, it doesn't matter who you are, where you are, what you're doing. You need Jesus. And God, God takes that stuff out of our life. If he, he finds something sinful in us, uh, once we become a born again believer, we desire to be fed and we're hungry like a baby. And so we get in the word of God and we start seeing what he's saying is, is right at what he considers sin and what he considers holiness, what he considers uh, wickedness and what he considered righteousness. So these things are, are, they're not really arbitrary. I mean, you either believe the word of God or you don't, it should come down to that. Um, in any denomination, any church, any religious group or organization that says that they worship the God of the universe, Yahweh, if they say they worship Yahweh and they follow his son, Yeshua, um, you would think that they would say, then we believe his word. The, the Bible's not just the Bible. It is the very word of God. It's what came out of his mouth. I mean, it's, it just doesn't even, uh, I don't even understand it. And, and so the real question there is how much do we let culture influence um, our churches and what we do. And you see it everywhere. Culture is absolutely influencing the church. It's absolutely influencing the body of Christ. We're, um, we're not wanting to stand apart from the world. We're wanting to be similar to the world, but not quote unquote, like the world. We want to have the appearance of the world, but we want to say, well, that's just the outside, you know, it's the inside that, that is good for us. So but it's really interesting. And I, and I said it today on Facebook, if you're part of that group and you're coming out, come out of it. 
Just get out of it. Who cares? If you're part of the UMC and you're you're in that conservative group that wants out and you're saying, hey, I want to stand on the word of God, walk away. What difference does it make? Who cares what denomination you are? I don't, you know, and that's one of the things people are going to probably write me a little bit about our podcast is I'll say that and I don't care. I don't care who you are, Baptist, Presbyterian, Episcopalian, Methodist, uh, you know, uh, Pentecostal. I, I don't care if you believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that nobody comes to the Father except through him, and you believe in that born-again life, then you're a part of the body of Christ. And your your name that you slap on yourself or the church that you go to, it doesn't matter. There are no Presbyterians in heaven. There are no Baptists in heaven. It's not a Baptist-run heaven. It's not a, you know, it's not even a Messianic Jewish heaven. It's not run by any one organization or church. It's run by God himself. The Bible says that there is no light, that God himself, Jesus, is the light thereof, the, the city of heaven. So, you know, when we look at these things, we're going to see more. And I think in the next 20 years, this one subject is going to divide. Um, it's really going to separate the wheat and the chaff. I think you're going to see your strong believers who are grounded in the word of God are going to stand and they're going to be accused and they're going to be persecuted because of it. And it's not a future that I look forward to. Um, but I think it's coming and I honestly think it's in the next 20 years. I think we're going to see hate laws written about it. I think we're going to see churches, um, losing their uh, status from the IRS or the government. Um, if you don't know anything about it, look up 5013C. It is uh, for uh, charitable organizations where they don't have to pay taxes. I think they're going to threaten to take away people's tax exempt status. Um, and I think there are going to be pastors who are going to be thrown in jail for preaching the word of God. And it doesn't even have to be the word of the person. They could stand there and read the word of God and it's going to be considered offensive. And it's going to be um, severe enough um, that they could uh, they could do some jail time over it. There's, you know, it's happening everywhere. Read a pastor in China was just locked up for nine years for preaching the word of God in China. I mean, we're, we're not far from that. We're just not. Um, so, you know, you got all these, these things as the third day of 2020 and there's all these crazy things going on, but God is still in control. He's still on the throne. He still runs things. And, uh, you know, you have to take it with a grain of salt and put your hope and trust in Jesus. Because if you, if you were to let the world bother you, um, you would live a fearful life, but for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power of love and of a sound mind. So what the scripture says, so we got to stand on that. Amen. All right. Outside of that, that's the end of this episode, and we will catch you again. Don't forget, on Tuesdays, we have the study of Acts. We'll be going into Acts chapter 8. Is that mm-hmm. correct? We'll be going into Acts chapter 8 next week, and uh, hopefully my voice will get all the way back to where it's supposed to be or where I think it should be. So anyway, we will talk to you later. Bye.